mini episode 1113 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to mini-episode number 1113 of the FDH Lounge. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here with uh, a great panel, as per always, to break down the 2019 Triple Crown. Of course, starting with the Kentucky Derby, uh, and that's what we're uh, going to be uh, primarily examining here today, going through in the form of uh, a little mock draft, the way that we uh, generally do on the show here. Go through, we'll, we'll go in serpentine order, and each of us pick three horses uh, who we think uh, can uh, earn us some points in our little game. Uh, last year, I was fortunate enough to be uh, able to pick Justify, and uh, that worked out well. Would that there was an overwhelming favorite for me this time to be able to gravy train, but that is not the case. But uh, I have with me to, here two incomparable fellows for being able to break it down. Uh, first of all, we bring in a gentleman who we've had on the show a number of times to talk not just horse racing, but uh, also the sport of kings, uh, wrestling as well. The great Jody McDonald. You can find him at Jody MacMan on Twitter. Of course, you can find him at such places as WIP Radio in Philadelphia, WFAN in New York, CBS Sports nationally. And uh, he's a guy who talks all sports, but he has a lot of uh, interest and a lot of knowledge in particular on horse racing. I know that, uh, Jody, you live for this time of year, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you in to talk about it again. My pleasure to with you two guys. It's been fun the last couple of years. Looking forward to doing it again. And I will make a bold prediction before we even start our little snake draft. Mm-hmm. I will predict I will get all three of my horses. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might. I think you might because I don't, and looking at it here again, I mean, I, I, I'm the least of a rail bird amongst the three of us. I mean, I, I try, but, uh, you know, I, I'm a layman. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't have the insights uh, necessarily that you guys do. So any deep insights you have, maybe the next gentleman might punk you on a couple of your picks. I know I'm not going to. The next gentleman, of course, longtime friend and associate and FDH Lounge dignitary Steve Callis, a uh, great friend of ours. You can catch him. Uh, regularly with our friend uh, Joe Stazak doing the great uh, podcast, Callous Remarks. Uh, Steve, a pleasure as always to have you in, buddy. Hey, I would never pump Joe McDonald. He's the one guy I know who's like a star in all four big sports at multiple radio stations, but he can come here and talk horses with anybody. So uh, it's always a thrill to be with him and always a, a thrill to be with you, Rick. Looking forward to it. Likewise, guys. I really love this segment, and uh, I know this is always a uh, big favorite uh, year in and year out. Uh, I went to do the uh, blind draw earlier today, and it goes like this for our three-round little serpentine jobby here. So Jody goes first, Steve goes second, I go third. So that's going to give me at least theoretically two of the top four. But again, I expect us to kind of be all over the board as far as how this uh, breaks down. It sounds like you might not really need the first slot here, Jody, because uh, you seem to be implying you're going to go off the board maybe a little bit. Well, 
uh, it would have been more off the board had Omaha Beach not had the unfortunate throat incident that he had. Uh, I've actually developed a relationship over the years with Gary Mandela, okay. who is Richard Mandela's son, who also trains out in California, has done his fair share of analyst work, and has happened to myself a bunch of times as a guest handicapper. And uh, he drew me to come on with me from Lex from Louisville tonight because he was uh, flying in to be by his dad to watch the potential favorite of the Kentucky Derby run for the Roses, but that unfortunately did not happen because they had to scratch him. Um, doesn't look like he's going to be back until summer. So uh, he was going to be the favorite, and if he was in this race, he would not have been my choice. I would have tried to beat him. Uh, so my choices aren't as long-ranging as it looked like they were going to be up until the Omaha Beach scratch. The reason why I say what I do, other than to say uh, I feel badly for the Mandela connection, because I think Omaha Beach had a big-time shot to win the race, uh, the horse I'm going to tab with my first pick is the horse that beat, that got beat by Omaha Beach in his last race, the Arkansas Derby, and that's improbable. Improbable had a chance on him in the stretch, couldn't uh, catch him, stayed right there with him with a link behind, got to within a link that held the link, but just couldn't beat him down the stretch, and Omaha Beach was very impressive, and I think probably would have liked the wetness that we think we're going to get in Churchill tomorrow slightly more than improbable. I don't think it bothers improbable, and that's why I'm going to pick up the win. Uh, but Omaha Beach did run very well in, one in the mud out in uh, Santa Anita earlier in the year. Uh, so I think the wet going would have only enhanced his favorite status. But since he's not there, I think the two best horses have probably come out of the Arkansas Derby. It would have been improbable in Omaha Beach since we don't have Omaha Beach to select. I'll take improbable, who raced very successfully last year at Churchill Downs in only his second career start on the undercard of the Breeders' Cup uh, uh, Friday, uh, he won the Street Set Six, which is a slightly shorter race than the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, but I thought his win was actually more impressive than that of his stablemate game winner who won the Breeders' Cup Championship later in the day. Um, certainly, the tougher field was in the second race, and the higher purse was in the second race, but I was just as impressed, if not more impressed, by Improbable's win. And I've been tracking him this year. He got the late start. They had to go to Arkansas because all of the issues out in San Antonio. And he got beat both uh, in his both Arkansas preps, one by a neck, one by one length. Uh, I think he's actually going to be better. Third time racing this year. Uh, has been working well this week. We know he likes the Churchill strip. And I don't think the jockey changed to Irad Ortiz hurts one little bit. I think I'd rather will fit him like a glove. So improbable is my selection uh, to win the Kentucky That is very, very commendable because, again, you, you laid out an awful lot there uh, on a horse that, again, I, I had a couple of slots down, so you're right. I wouldn't have punked you for that horse. Uh, I wouldn't have necessarily thought to, but you identified very uh, a number of key areas there on uh, why that horse is going to be an attractive play. Uh, Steve Callis sitting in the second spot here. My guess is you're getting exactly who you want because you probably hadn't gone in that direction, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I certainly could have gone in that direction. I'm going to ask for the uh, draw to be live stream next year. <laughs> for some reason, I haven't won any yet. But no, that's, that's great analysis. I will say this, if it does rain, and right now it looks like it's going to rain, uh, Improbable was so good on an off track, uh, as, as was... Um, 
As was the horse who got scratched, the big favorite, Armbrough. Omaha Beach. Omaha Beach, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the uh, pacing horse, Armbrough, Omaha. That's how old I am, Jody Mack. I'm going back way, way, wow. way many years. That's a nugget. But, um, but I still got one, and I, I also uh, would not have picked uh, Omaha Beach to win. Me neither. But I think Jody and I have a general, let's look for some value. And, of course, he's correct. The value has been taken away from a lot of these horses. But the horse I'm going to pick, which will not be a surprise to Jody Mack, is game winner. Um, I might have picked Improbable if you gave me the first choice. I will pick game winner to win the race when we do our final selections. But game winner was the two-year-old horse of the year. The problem is interesting what Jody Mack brings out about Churchill Downs because you like to see, and I know Jody does, I like to see, and Jody does as well, a horse has already raced on that track, and they both won last year. And almost the problem, if you will, Jody Mack, tell me if you agree, is game winner won the uh, Breeders' Cup and. Very rarely nowadays does the two-year-old win the Breeders' Cup, as long as the Breeders' Cup has been in existence, and come back the next year and win the Derby. So that's a nice angle on Improbable. Um, but I'm going to go with Game Winner. I think his two races this year have been really good, and I think he's going to be more value because people are going to say, well, the horse hasn't won this year, so he must be undefeated last year, 4-for-4. Four four. Uh, and I think he has excuses in both races, and I'll just say a couple of things quickly about him. You know, he was supposed to race at the San Felipe in Santa Anita, and they closed down Santa Anita for a month. And so what was Bob Baffert going to do? Uh, a couple of weeks before, he called him in Arkansas, he went down to the Rebel, but the Rebel was a week after what the San Felipe was. And so he raced really well, it was his first start since last year, he just got beat. But then his next start, uh, where he got beat again, uh, I remember they did an interview with the owner, Gary West. Uh, right before the race, and they go, so what do you think? And they said, well, you know, we're only racing three weeks apart, and that was not our plan. And we also had to ship them to Arkansas and back to California, which, you know, they fly nowadays, so it's not as big a deal. But they still had to get on a plane, go to Arkansas, go back to California, race on what is generally perceived to be short rest, three weeks instead of four. And he raced real well there and was second. The other thing, and this is a little second level, but I'm sure Jody Mack will appreciate it. You know, in the old days, and I'm talking 25, 30 years ago, if you had the 16, 17, 18, 19, if you were in that auxiliary gate, you know, eh, you kind of, most horses were thrown out. It was, it was rare when a horse won many, many years ago. But recently, it's become more of a, you can win from the 15, you can win from the 16, you never win from the 17, apparently, those are the statistics. But what I always looked at was the 14, there was 14 first gate, and then the auxiliary gate started at 15. And game winner had the 16, so he wasn't going to have that little spacing that a lot of people talk about as an advantage when you leave the gate, because when the two gates come together, by definition, there's a little space. Now with the scratch of Omaha Beach, um, he moves into the 15, and that gives him just the slightest of advantages, and that is there's going to be less of a chance that he's going to get knocked around. And so for that reason and other reasons, it always seems to me that Baffert has thought that Game Winner is the best of the three. In fact, I saw a thing the other day. They put Game Winner in not only Justified Stall at Churchill Downs, but in American Town Stall at Churchill Downs. Um, and I also saw an interview with Mike Smith where he said, oh, I wouldn't trade Roadster for any horse in the race that Roadster was in. Now, of course, Mike Smith wound up taking Omaha Beach. But um, when he said that, Bob Baffert at the same interview said, well, yeah, he's, he hasn't ridden game winner. Uh, and I took that as, as 
At least Baffert thinks that Game Winner is the best of the three, uh, so I'm going to go with Game Winner as my first choice. Very interesting. I will say this, uh, in, in terms of what uh, Baffert thinks, uh, who am I to tell Bob Baffert that he's wrong? But I'll say this, uh, the two horses that I had uh, atop my board, I'm actually going to be able to get them with my uh, two picks here to end the first round and start the second round. I start with Roadster. So this is where I perhaps take a little bit of an issue with uh, Bob Baffert. Uh, again, a horse that, uh, you know, you look at where it was before the throat surgery, and uh, I think a lot of people really might have thought that uh, come this time of year that uh, this horse might be a strong uh, overall favorite. Uh, still kind of working his way back in there, but, uh, you know, again, it's a, it's a tough draw spot, and uh, it, it's in that, uh, you know, as you said, 16, 17, 18 range where, where people generally tend to write off these horses, so... Uh, I've got to hope, certainly, that that is not the case, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Roadster with my first pick. And the second pick, this is the uh, uh, the perils, I suppose, of doing all of your derby research via the written word as opposed to checking out any videos or audio. Uh, I literally don't know if I'm pronouncing this horse's name right. Tacitus uh, is, is what I'm saying. That's, uh, that, that's my yep. phonetic reading of it anyway. So am I correct, gentlemen? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Lucky guess. All right. Tacitus uh, with uh, trainer Bill Mott. Uh, 0 for 8 at the Derby. Never in the money. I think this is uh, going to be the breakthrough. Uh, this horse has got uh, you know pretty good uh, pedigree and uh, maybe maybe just a, a shade uh, under the radar relative to some of these other horses that we've talked about thus far. So. Uh, those are my first two picks, and uh, again, I'm, I'm happy to be able to get the top two that were on my board anyways. Uh, it'll be interesting to see with the next couple picks. Four of the first five uh, on my board are gone. Uh, we'll see, Steve Callis, if you take the one that's remaining or if you go off the board a bit. Yeah, I was trying to text you to see if I could trade up to take Tacitus, but I didn't really have anything to offer, so I I give Tacitus a big shot. I'm sure we'll talk broader about the race, so we'll get to that. The horse I'm going to pick is is a bit of a long shot and certainly has not been talked enough about. Uh, and he's, quite, frankly, a question mark, but he's going to be a question mark with good value. And uh, that's Chuck McGahee's code of honor. Uh, everybody knows Chuck McGahee does not go to the derby unless he has a horse who can win. He finally won his derby. I think it was Orb back in 2013. He, finally, he won his derby. Uh, so it's not like I've never won before. I don't know what to do. But he's a Hall of Fame trainer. And Code of Honor has had a couple of uh, fascinating races this year. In the Fountain of Youth, everything broke his way. So he won. In the Florida Derby, they had an incredibly slow pace. So he was back and, and you know, close for third. Um, so I don't really have a feel for how good he is. But by just showing up at the Derby... To me, that's a sign in and of itself. And again, I'm always looking for value, and I think he's uh, going to be real good value. Plus, he's got Johnny Velasquez, one of the best, if not the best, jockey in the world. Um, so I, I probably would have taken Tacitus if I had the choice, frankly, Rick. I think that's a good pick. But I'll, I'll happily take Code of Honor because I think he's going to be real value in this race. I think he really has the chance for that, yeah. And if you're, if you're betting that horse and uh, if he ends up in the money... Uh, you're going to end up uh, cashing pretty nicely here. 
Uh, we come around to you, Jody, for your second round pick and your third round pick. And uh, again, for as much as you were sort of indicating uh, at the outset that uh, you might be making picks that uh, the two of us might not necessarily think to make, I got to think the odds are pretty good that you've, you've got a couple horses left that you really like, yes? You would be 100% correct. Okay. Uh, had I selected one, two, and three, it will be the same exact three horses wow. that I will get instead at one, six, and seven. Wow. <laughs> because my second place horse is Vacoma, the winner of the Bluegrass Stakes, who Steve just mentioned how Code of Honor has a question mark, as does Vacoma, including, in fact, he lost to Code of Honor down in the Fountain of Youth uh, earlier this uh, spring or winter leading up to the spring to the Triple Crown races. He's got a real funky running style. Uh, we've all seen gracious athletes, both four-legged and two-legged, that just look like they are skipping across the ground when they run. They've got a tremendous stride. Wakoma does not. He runs with a real choppy stride. He has great difficulty in changing leads when he's in the lane. But all he does is run. It doesn't look great. It's not pleasing to the eye. Damn if he doesn't get the results. And from his past performances, he's got the perfect stalking style that I think it's going to take to win this race. There's a couple of horses in here that are, for my mind, unquestionably going to go to the, the, the lead and try and press the early pace. I don't think it's going to be suicidal. I think there's okay speed in this field. I don't think there's phenomenal speed in this field. Maximum security would be my guess to be the early leader, uh, and everyone will be chasing him for as long as he can go, and I don't know if he can go the full mile and a quarter. And I think Wakoma can absolutely be right there in that set second pack. He draws the five hole, which means he's inside. He's not going to have to give up a lot uh, first. Now he might have to execute a little bit because if there is a charge from the outside, you don't want to get buried uh, too far down on the rail. I don't think that'll be the case. He's got good gate speed. They've got plenty of room to run before they get into the first turn. Uh, he's got a perfect running style for this race and for against this field. He's 20 to 1 on the morning line. I don't quite understand that. I think he looks as good on paper as Tacitus does. I think he looks as good on paper as um, Steve's horse, Code of Honor. Yes, Code of Honor beat him, but. Uh, off the fountain abuse, Code of Honor turned around and got beat, and uh, Wakoma shipped out and went to Kentucky and won impressively in the Bluegrass State. So I think that balances a little bit. Yet both of those horses have lower odds than Wakoma. I'm not sure what the dislike is for Wakoma. Uh, there are five horses in this race. If you use the Tomlinson, Tomlinson rating at all that they publish in the uh, Daily Racing Forum, it gives you the back breeding of a desire to run over wet surfaces. And the better your sires ran over wet surfaces, the higher Tomlinson rating you get. There are only five in this race that have a 400-plus Tomlinson. The other uh, 14 all have less than 400 as a rating, some as low as into the 200s, uh, which means if it comes up wet like they think it's going to, that could be an easy eliminator of a horse. Wakoma's got the uh, second-best Tomlinson rating of any horse in this field. So though he hasn't competed over wet surfaces, his breeding says he will like wet surfaces just fine. I think he absolutely can hit the board. I would not be shocked if he actually won the race. I'm going to take him probable to win, but Wacoma was my solid second choice. So yes, as I said, I would get my three choices because my third choice is also a 20-to-1 shot. 
on the morning line. And he's a deserved 20 to 1, and I actually think you'll get better than 20 to 1 tomorrow. On Tax, mm-hmm. who uh, stayed in New York, ran a second to Tacitus in the Wood Memorial. They ran a suicidal front pace, not that Brady, out front in the wood, which set it up for the stalkers who were just off the uh, two speedballs who were out in front setting that suicide pace. I think Tax was a little bit too close to the pace. He had a good length, length and a half on Tacitus when they went into the far turn. Tacitus got even with Tax, and then Tacitus' jockey made a very smart call. He went inside to the rail. Tax's jockey decided to go outside. The rail was much the better that day. That's why Tacitus was able to get up and win, win by a length of uh, length and change over Tax, who finished a good second. No one else was even in a race. It was a two-horse race by the time they got into the stretch. I think with a better break on the trip, Tax could be better. I'm not the biggest Junior Alvarado fan. He's the jock of Tax. I was hoping maybe they would make a change. I'm not the biggest Junior Alvarado fan, but he's in the Irons tomorrow, so I have to hope that he gets the best of it again. Uh, he, too, has the same kind of tactical speed that will allow him to be uh, in that second and or tertiary group. Uh, he draws the two position, which is now the three position, because they put every horse uh, off the rail, at least one with the scratch today of Akel. Um, so he's even a little further away from the board, which gives him a chance to be able to get out there and uh, get into a good stalking position. So his speed numbers don't match up with any of the six horses we've already named. He's going to have to take a step up to be involved in this. I think that's possible. And if you're getting 25 to 1 or somewhere thereabouts, he's a nice horse to have underneath in your exotics, your triples, and your super effects. So I'll take tax with my third pick. Okay. Anybody, uh, any, anybody liking uh, tax uh, in any other context in life is not necessarily anything you'd expect to hear, but this is the Kentucky Derby, and uh, tax is a good thing here uh, uh, for you, certainly, uh, and to be able to get, again, the one, two, three on your board. I'm not going to quite be able to get that uh, on my board, regardless of what Steve does, but I'm likely to come close. Now, I know, Steve, I already uh, punked you on uh, Tacitus. Uh, so you weren't able to do that. But game winner, code of honor, you, you generally got two that I know were very high up on there. Uh, are you going to get a third one that you really, really like, the same way that Jody and I have been able to? Uh, no. Okay. Unfortunately, you guys have taken all my... <laughs> you wouldn't answer my text messages when I tried to trade up, but I still have a horse that I at least think will be in the mix, and Jody Mack will understand it. I'm going to take maximum security, because if nothing else, when the gate opens, I think he's going to be on the lead. And I agree with uh, Jody's comment before. I don't know if he can go the distance. But I will say this. He got a, a, a slow pace and was monstrous, again, with a slow pace, in the uh, Florida Derby, where he ran off and won for fun. And the 148-4 time, again, off the slow half, is very impressive, and I believe the fastest of these races. And I don't know that that means anything when, when they hit the top of the stretch, 19 horses are coming at you. <laughs> but And I, I doubt he'll get a cheap half. But i got to pick somebody, so I'm going to pick the horse that's going to be on the lead. There have been horses who have stolen the derby on the front end. It rarely happens. Uh, and now in the era of 20 horses, you know, once upon a time, there weren't always 20 horses in the Derby. But I'll pick him because I think he's going to be on the lead, uh, and we'll see what kind of fractions go. I don't think they're going to be real slow.
slow, I don't know that they'll be incredibly fast either, and maybe he's a little gamer than I thought. Uh, but he was very, very good in the Florida Derby, so I'll go with maximum security. Very interesting because in looking at this, I went back and forth between that one and the horse that's number five on my board, who I'm going to end up with, win, win, win. Uh, and, and they are sort of bizarro world versions of one another because win-win-win is not going to jump out to a, a big start, is not going to set the pace, but uh, the strength of that horse is as a closer. Uh, and that, uh, again, the, the thought, the hope is to be able to catch uh, a horse at the rail, potentially even maximum security. Uh, it would be very interesting if it came down to those two. But uh, I go with win-win-win as my last pick. So what I want to do, and I certainly want to get some thoughts on some of the other horses as well here, but I'll start with you, Jody. As far as the other two teams here, Steve with Game Winner, Code of Honor, Maximum Security, me with Roadster, Tacitus, win, win, win. Anybody that you really like or hate out of those six horses? Um, no, I think we all did a pretty good job of handicapping the race. Mm-hmm. And we picked, since we were taking nine, nine figure horses, I don't think there was anyone that uh, jumps out at me and said, wait, wait. How do we not have that one? I think War of Will on the rail got screwed by being on the rail. Little less penalty paid because they're not going to use the first post because of the scratch today. Uh, but still, he's going to be on the inside. There are 19 horses, 18 horses outside of him, and that is uh, uh, not the best uh, way to go about winning the uh, Kentucky Derby. Um, no, I think I think we got the nine best. I wouldn't be surprised if we ran one through nine. Um, the the only one that I will say, and uh, uh, I do agree with, I think Steve gave you good analysis on uh, his horse maximum security. But I don't. If maximum maximum security wins, so be it. He gets on the front end. He gets a soft lead. He does exactly the same reduction of the Barda Derby. Uh, so be it. If not, that means if someone, one of these other horses, is going to take a chance and is going to go out and is actually going to push the pace, and we're going to see a very quick half mile, and I don't think uh, Maximum Strategy's got it in him to sit off that pace, which means he's going to go too fast, and then uh, not only won't he win, but I don't think it'll be in the top three either. I think there's just as good a chance that Maximum Security finishes in the second half of the field as in tenth or more than he finishes in the top three. I think that uh, uh, he's not talented enough for me to uh, bottom out the field, so I think there's a better chance that he goes backwards, then he does goes forwards at the top of the stretch. Well, yeah, absolutely. The pace horses, uh, the ones that are up there early, yeah, a lot of times they do kind of tend to be all or nothing, and uh, we'll see. We'll see if he can uh, stay up there enough to either hang on for the W or at least uh, not get passed all the way and uh, stay on the money. Uh, Steve, same question to you. Looking at our other two teams, Jody with Improbable, Vacoma, and Tax, me with Roadster, Tacitus, and win, win, win. Uh, any any likes or hates on uh, any of those six? Uh, well, lots of likes. I think you guys picked my top seven when I chose eight, so that should <laughs> <laughs> that should pretty much tell you uh, tell you something. I really don't, you know. I essentially agree with what Johnny just said about maximum security, but I have to pick somebody, and if I had to pick somebody, I'd rather at least know I'm going to be on or near the lead, but I agree. Uh, mile and a quarter is a big problem. Uh, he might not get the distance. He did have a soft pace when he won, uh, even though he won convincingly in the uh, in the Florida Derby. So I really don't have much to say about uh, your six horses because I probably would have, I certainly would have picked a Roadster or a Tacitus, uh, or an improbable, or a Vacoma. You know, tax. I don't. You know, he's got the two. I don't know that that's so good. But 
you know, when you when you start, you know, he's right though. He he has a funny way. Jody's right. He has a funny way of going, but he's certainly a very talented horse. And you know, it's watching like Ichiro bat, and people say, "How can this guy hit the ball?" And then <laughs> he's, one of, he's one of the greatest players of all time. So, um, you know, he was very good in the bluegrass for Coma. Uh, so I think he does have a shot. I really don't have anything negative to say about these horses. Um, but again, tax would be, if there's one outsider for me of all those, it would be tax. But, you know, now we're picking again, seventh, eighth, ninth, somewhere down there. Uh, but, you know, he was certainly good in the wood, and he also got a 101 speed rating. I don't know if it's a buyer now still, but uh, he got a very good speed rating. So you could certainly use him, and as Jody did say, he'll be some value. Absolutely, and uh, the question that I have for both of you, and again I'll start with uh, Jody, is uh, additional thoughts on handicapping the race on Saturday as well as if you have any thoughts whatsoever about any of the horses we didn't talk about, which uh, I believe are, by my standards, Country House, War of Will, Long Range Toddy, Spinoff, Plus Parfait, Cutting Humor, Gray Magician, Master Fencer. Uh, so, uh, Jody, uh, take it away, whether it be any thoughts on them, thoughts on handicapping the race, or anything we didn't really get to thus far. Uh, out of the group that we bypassed, the only one that I would consider using, and, and I'm not just going to go three deep, I'm going to use horses that you guys used in super practice and the like, um, but none of us touched on Uh Todd Pletcher trained horse, late developer. I know Todd thought very highly of him last year. Had some injury issues. They didn't get the three-year-old campaign started till later than they wanted to. But he won down in Florida, uh, ran a good second in Louisiana. Um, I love the breeding. Hard Spun is one of my favorite sires, and I'm a Todd Pletcher guy. He hasn't had as much success in the Triple Crown races as he has over entire years when he's been the best trainer, right along with Bob Baffert in the entire country. Um, but he has, over the last couple of years, at least broken through and been more of a factor in the Triple Crown races. If Spinoff got a piece of it, finishing third or fourth, uh, just stays wide and gets a nice wide trip, I think it's bred to get the entire distance, uh, so he might be able to get a suck-up third or fourth. Very interesting. Uh, I'll ask you the same question, uh, Steve, whether it be uh, horses in the rest of the field or any of the horses that we've already picked as far as thoughts on handicapping them or what some of them might do, take it in whatever direction you want. Yeah, the one horse I would pick out of the ones we haven't spoken about is the 18 Long Range Toddy. Um, I saw an interview with Steve Asmussen, and he was very good. He won a division of the Rebel, beating Improbable, so that means something. Uh, but unfortunately for him, A, he drew the 18. Uh, B, he was terrible in the Arkansas Derby on a sloppy track. I mean, think about it. He was 6-1 to one against uh, Omaha Beach and Improbable. That means something from a talent perspective. Uh, but it looks like it's going to come up rain, and if, if it comes up off track, he was terrible in the long range, Tony. If it comes fast track, you know, he could be a sleeper, like Jody says, if you go going super factors, come up late for third or fourth. Uh, but he certainly does have some quality starts. Um, but again, if it comes up rain, he also, I should mention, he has John Court, who at 58 years old will be the oldest jockey ever to ride in the Kentucky Derby. Wow. Uh, so if you're looking to play some ageism, maybe, Rick, uh, maybe that would be one to throw in. But, you know, those horses we're talking about now, spin off long range, Toddy, those are incredible value horses if they sneak in third or fourth in a triple or a super, you know, they're going to be boxcar numbers on those numbers then. 
Absolutely. So we'll be looking for all of that. Uh, and again, uh, gentlemen, can't thank you both enough. Uh, a wonderful Kentucky Derby and Triple Crown preview uh, as we've done the last couple of years. Thank you both very much for being here. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to FDH Lounge Mini Episode number 1113. As we bring the show to a close, we would like to extend our deepest gratitude to NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, All Clear Channel Affiliates, TNT, TBS, USA, UPN, Deadspin.com, YouTube.com, YTMND.com, MySpace.com, various blogs, Fox News, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, IamBoard.com, Billboard.com, Google.com, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN. ESPN News, ESPN Classic, NBA TV, NFL Network, Sports Time Ohio, Athlon Magazine, Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, The Boomerang Channel, QVC, BET, The Spice Channel, Steno Notebooks, Manwich, Papermate Office Supplies, Waitresses, Strippers, Bartenders, Garbage Men, Janitors, Microwave Popcorn, The Writers of The Office, Scrubs, Entourage, My Name is Earl, Oz, Metalocalypse and the Boondocks, Aquafina, and The Periodic Table of Elements.